sent out an urgent request yesterday morning. Some of you probably did not get it, but Ruthie's brother, who's probably 80 or 81 years old, unsaved, was on the brink of death. Um, hours is what we were told. And so we sent out the alarm. Uh, many of you prayed was seeking God on his behalf. His name is Jerry Casing. Now, we ask you to continue to pray. I was expecting to get calls at any minute yesterday saying he had passed away. Uh, his sister, Grace, some of you remember, Ruthie's sister, Grace, uh, has been there and has been getting in his ear about the things of God uh, over and over. There's an unbelievable spiritual warfare going on. And so we're asking you to continue to pray by the mercy of God. He's still alive. Uh, he was supposed to die. I'm talking like early Saturday morning. And by the mercy of God, he's still alive. So please uh, keep praying and lifting up his name. Also this morning, Ruth and I are, are uh, very blessed. We have uh, guests with us, unexpected. Um, my very own pastor, only pastor that I've ever had uh, in my life. Remember the one I preached on and used the part where Ruth said, I'm inviting uh, Pastor Bender to our house. And I'm like, what? To come talk to us? And I said, what? I'm going to drink beer in his face. Well, that's him right there. <laughs> that's George and Helen Bender. <laughs> I'm sure this probably doesn't... Uh, stick in his memory, but I remember one time, you know, sometimes you just kind of get discouraged in the things of God and, and always looking for something else. And, and I remember telling him one day or kind of telling him with respect that there's got to be more to just this praying and, and reading the word, praying and reading the word, praying and reading the word. And I remember him standing up and he is quite taller than me, looking at me dead in the eyes and giving me a real short answer saying, that's it. That's it. So all that your pastor is and all that was formed and fashioned in him was formed and fashioned by that man and God. And so um, he's right. That's it. That's all there is. We are living in a day of uh, phony Christianity, fake Christianity, uh, all through our nation, suffering and dying for it. And the word of God is it. That's it. And that's where I am again this morning. We kind of touched base on that last Sunday. Remember I told you the American gospel is not the gospel. The American gospel that you're hearing over the airways and over TV and that we are flooding the poor nations uh, overseas is not the gospel. It's absolutely not. We have this, these... Uh, Statistics that are alarming uh, all through those who travel throughout America uh, evangelizing or attempting to saying the churches are void and empty of youth. Young people have turned their back and walked away from the church. They look at the church as having no answers, no influence whatsoever. Adam has told us over and over after high school graduates move on, eight out of ten turn their back. On God. Eight out of ten youth turn and walk away from God. So we are in this epidemic of people losing uh, that which they have been taught, uh, taught about. And again, we're going back to Nehemiah. And we're going to see why. I'm going to absolutely tell you why. And what you do with it is up between you and God. Are you ready? Nehemiah 1, 
I think we might even started this last week. Nehemiah 1.1 says the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hachaliah, and it came to pass in the month Chislu in the 20th year as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that escaped, which were left of the captivity concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, this is what's happening. The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the providence are in great affliction and reproach. That word reproach means condition of shame and disgrace. And what we're talking about here, Jerusalem, is the type of the church, the type of the people of God, you and I. And Hananiah, the one who's left, they walking by, and Nehemiah said, hey, tell me about the church. Tell me about this American church. And he was saying the remnant that is left there are in great affliction and reproach, great shame and disgrace. The walls of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Now, those walls and gates are that which protected the city, protected it from invading forces, and protected it all the time. It was their only way of defense. And this is a type of church. And that which protected us, the walls and gates have been burned and broken down. So when a city back then lost that, any criminal, any evil group of people could just walk in, plunder them, do what they want, take what they want, and then leave again. And that's exactly as what happens to the church. The walls and the gates are down. And all those hucksters of the gospel, all those liars, all those sheep and or, or wolves in sheep's clothing just walk in and tell you, buy this hanky, buy this water, just do that, do that. We've had laughing revivals. We've had silly, ridiculous, stupid, dumb stuff because our walls are burnt down and our gates are broken. I was just told yesterday about the newest thing that might be coming down the pike. Talking about your eye twitching. Yeah, it's just the truth. I, uh, your eye, they get dumber and dumber as they come down the road. The eye twitching, twitch. This was here in uh, this city. Eye twitching, twitching all the time. Uncontrollable means you're full of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, the person telling me said my response was, no, that's just a beam in your eye. That's what it is, the beam. So these silly and ridiculous things keep coming down. Now listen, and the masses, lots of them just consume them and take them in as gospel, absolute gospel. And my word for that is what? Baloney. It's absolute baloney. And you must understand this, that the American gospel is not the gospel. The walls have been broken down. The gates are burned, absolutely burned to the ground. Back then when Babylon came and conquered Jerusalem, which is what Nehemiah is talking about, they deported most everyone from the city and that region. All the people were taken and they end up in captivity for 70 years. Jerusalem was almost a ghost town. All Jerusalem had was its history to look back on. Is that not a type of the church? The church is almost a ghost town right now. No influence, no impact on the communities that they live in. Remember, you're the church. None whatsoever. All we have is what? History. History of great moves of God. Histories of moves of God that happened when none of us was alive. That's all we have. 
So we're living in that same day and age. That's why eight out of ten kids see nothing, nothing to keep them. That's why children are leaving and turning their back on the things of God. Because there is nothing, absolutely nothing to keep them. Proverbs 22:28 tells us, Remove not the ancient landmarks which the fathers have set. This is the ancient landmark. We've moved it. We removed it just like at that time when I was vulnerable. If I did not have a pastor that believed in the Word of God when I said, there's got to be something else, right? More than just the Word and praying and those words reverberated through the years. That's it. This is it. That's it. Now we have removed those landmarks because pastors aren't saying that anymore. They're doing whatever they want to do. And this is what God has told me for today. Ezekiel 3.17 says, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman over the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. This is what God's saying. Giving you a warning from him. This is what, when I attempt to spend time with God, this is what he's dropped in my heart for you, his people, for you that he died for. And so this morning I am giving a warning this day from Almighty God. Isaiah 21, 6 says, Thus saith the Lord, said unto me, Go set a watchman, let him declareth what he sees. And I am declaring to you what I see. Okay? All right. How saved are we? We're not, I'm not going to talk about the lost. I'm talking about us right here in these confines of this wall. How saved are we? Ephesians 5, 1. We're going to start laying out the Scriptures in the Word of God. It simply says this, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Walk in love as Christ also loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. Now listen, here it goes. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Not to do, not even to be mentioned once among you. This is being born again. This is truly being saved by the power of Almighty God. This is where you were, and now this is what you are. You used to do that, and you no longer do that as becometh saints. True believers. So those that do the saying that they use, they're not true believers. According to the Word of God. This is not just my opinions or my thoughts. This is the Word of God. He goes on and says, Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are convenient, but rather giving of, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no whoremonger, no unclean person, no covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of God and of God. Now remember, we're combating the American gospel that is not the gospel. To a lot of you, this could be offensive, or a lot of you, this could be absolutely new. Hearing this, the true gospel. 6 says, Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. But, not, but be not yet therefore partakers with them. 
Now I'm going to give it this to you again in the New Living Translation. So there's no room. What? What do you mean? Whoremongers? What's that? It says there, verse 3, let there be no sexual immorality. None. Zip. Zero. None. Impurity or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. No place. Obscene stories, foolish talks, coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is really an idolater. Whether you have things or not, you can be greedy. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. This is the day and age we're going through. We're in. Excuse of sin. It's all right. Everybody does it. You need to just let your hair down, take a break. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. Listen, for the terrible anger of God comes upon all those who disobey Him. Don't participate in these things, uh, these things that people do. For though your hearts were once full of darkness, now you are full of light from the Lord, and your behavior should show it. Show it. How does an apple tree show that it's an apple tree? The apples. Show it. Simple. No rocket scientist. That's it. Gospel. Now the gospel that has been preached for at least 50 years or maybe more has produced a horrible crop of what we call believers. Man, I would struggle and say, God, how can these people be believers? Well, they're not. And I got a little clip to show you a typical American Christian believer. So any couple of minutes, a typical American Christian believer. Now that girl believes she's going to heaven. She does. She has believed the gospel that America has been preaching, but it's not the gospel. And there are multitudes like that. I believe Jesus as my Lord and Savior is that's is some magic magical quote, and now she's a Christian. Here's the problem. Many of us uh, want Christianity in our own terms. We want the benefits of the cross, but we don't want the requirements of it. We like the idea of Jesus being my Savior, but we don't have any idea with, with what he wants as far as requirements. Now listen, this is being born again. Here we go again. Ephesians says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Okay. Verse four says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace You have been saved. You become alive in Christ. Something radically changes in your life. You just don't start attending church or even just read the Bible. Something must happen. Absolutely take place. 
explode within you in order for you to be a true born-again Christian. Colossians 1, 13 says, For He has rescued us. He has rescued us from the one who rules in the kingdom of darkness. And He has brought us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Listen, it's not, I think I will choose Jesus. It's not, it's not like he's sitting there waiting for you to pick him out of a group of little league players. Of oh, Jesus. It's not, you're going to choose him. You were rescued. He rescued you. Not just, you're just going to add him to your lifestyle. We should go to church. We need to go to church. First Corinthians six says, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders. In any realm, in the physical or in your mind, you're not going to inherit. You've been sold a bunch of lies in America and on TV. Verse 10 says, nor thieves, if you have stolen and just stolen recently and stolen once, you're a thief. How many times do you have to kill somebody before you're called a murderer? Once. The same with stealing. Once. So it goes, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. We were. We lied. We swindled. Full of greed and power. Some maybe even attempted to murder. But now you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. Something unbelievably revolutionary happened to me. Even if you don't even have the ability to explain it. Once I was lost, but now I am found. Once I was blind, but now you see I can't explain it. Revolutionary. Unbelievable. Same face, but different person. If that hasn't happened to you, then you've been eating the American gospel. Listen, many have forgotten the only evidence of a new birth is new life. If you're a young couple and you run in here and say, congratulations, we had a baby. Where's the baby? The only evidence is, is a new life. Here, here it is. Here's little Joey. New life. And that's what people were saying in the spiritual. I'm born again. Okay, then where's the new person? Where is that new person? That's the only evidence. The American gospel has been doubly defective. And here's why. We have injured those in two ways. And you're part of this. You have to figure out where you are in this. We have failed to tell them the old life must end. It must end. The old life ends. Ends. 
absolutely ends. And we have failed to show them a new life begins. That's it. The old one is gone and the new one starts. This is truly being born again by the power of God. Okay, I have my little spoon here. I've titled this message, A Dose of Truth. And this reminds me of something my dad did. I'm trying to think what he called it. I believe I told you before, cod liver oil. Anybody ever take that? Anybody ever like it? I mean, it would sit in our refrigerator. It was worse than beans, <laughs> which I despise. And a teaspoon would stick to the jar. And it'd be like, come get your cod liver oil. And it would be the most gross thing. But my dad or mom, I can't remember, would always say, it's good for you. Now I'm going to give you a dose of truth here that is absolutely wonderfully put together, but not by me. And it's up to you whether you take it or not. Truth. Why did people hate Jesus? Because he told them the truth. And so this clip is going to represent this. Look here, it'll start in a minute. You're going to get a dose of truth. But it will save your soul. Listen, please. That's just the way it is. That's what the church has turned into. That's why the youth are leaving. That's why there isn't young people in the house of God anymore. That's why there's no moves of God in America anymore, despite what TV tells you and people tell you. The walls are broken down. The hucksters of the gospel are just walking in, selling it, whatever it was, flesh-made gospel, and our nation has paid the price. Leonard Ravenhill said this, the greatest miracle, the greatest miracle God can do is to take an unholy person out of an unholy world Make that unholy person holy. Put him back in an unholy world and keep him holy in the midst of a perverse generation. That is the greatest miracle. That is the miracle that people are going to run up to you and say, why are you different? What makes you different? And right now we're not different. Whether you cut that or not, that guy said an awful lot. He said, Christianity 101, beginning level of Christianity, is separation from the world. It's holiness unto God. Touching not the unclean thing. That's before you can even go on into anything. Christianity 101. Think of that lady in the film. She just blurts out premarital sex. She wasn't even asked. Yes. Do I believe? Yes. But I believe Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. See ya. 
That's where we are in our nation. That's what we've become. That's what the gospel of man has produced. Now, where do we go from here? Number one is to make sure you're not a part of that American gospel. Make sure some preacher hasn't deceived you that you're all right, that you can do what you want, and it's because it's the grace of God and you'll be okay. Or that you know you were saved when you were 12, you're now 63, you don't have a stirring for God or stirring to read, but you know you prayed that prayer when you were 12, and so you're saved. That's baloney. So the number one thing is to come down to this altar and make sure you are feeding on the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That guy gave you a dose of the truth. I hated that cod liver oil. I hated it, despised it. But my parents said it was good for me. And so God is giving us a dose of truth. The Bible says there's a day when truth will fall into the streets. And it hasn't. It has. Truth has fallen. Let's stand, please. We're going to open up these altars. And I want you to just pretend there's a dose of truth up here from God for you. And by you coming down here, you are willingly going to tell God, I will take this, Lord. I will take this dose of truth. Make sure you're not believing a man-made gospel, a gospel of comfort. In the last days, we are in the last days. People, church like you, are going to heap to themselves preachers that will tell them smooth things with itching ears. We're in that. Deception is strong. Whoever went back there to pray today, I said, look, you must pray for the anointing because words are not going to do it. Only the anointing of God that will pierce deep into your soul and into your heart. We're going to give you opportunity to come to the Lord. Talk to Him. Do what you must. Our altars are open.